0: Have you ever wished your dog could speak to you? Wished you could ask questions when they're ill or having a behavioral issue instead of just guessing? Have you ever wondered if the rainbow bridge was real? Well then join me today when I explore the answers to those questions and more with animal communicator, Alicia Main.
1: Hello and welcome to Dog Happy, where we help you have happier, healthier dogs one interview at a time. Tune in for compelling stories with pet professionals, authors, and trainers That will educate and empower you to easily take action concerning the health and well being of your dog. Now, please welcome the host of Dog Happy, Missy Courtney.
0: Welcome to Dog Happy. What do you do when you don't know what to do? This is where I was when a mutual friend, thank you, Jen Grosso, introduced me to the animal healer, Alicia Main, an animal communicator with over 26 years of experience providing precise, accurate, and often life saving information to thousands of humans about their animals' health. Her work is based on the traditional Chinese medicine and quantum physics principle that validate that energy is everything. She is the creator of Animal Healer TV on YouTube, the author of The Instinct Method of Dog Training: 6 Secrets Your Dog Wants to Teach You to Unleash Your Greatest Potential, and the ebook The Missing Link in Dog Training: What Your Dog's Body Will Tell You About Their Behavior. Alicia's work was featured in the book Soul Dog: The Spiritual Lives of Animals by Elena Manis. She has been featured in Elaine Henney's series Listening to the Horses, as well as on Fox & Friends, The Doggington Post, Animal Wellness Summit, The Sandra Glosser Show, and Plum TV, as well as in the New York Daily News, Aspen Magazine, The Aspen Daily News, and on dozens of radio shows. She is also the award-winning host of the 13-week TV series, The Whole Animal. In this episode, we deep dive into how she became an animal communicator. How did she know what she was hearing was real or not? What it feels like to speak to or commune, as she calls it, with the animals? Is the Rainbow Bridge real? The insights our pets can share about the behavior issues and illnesses? It was really surprising to hear how sometimes we can be at the root of our dog's behavioral problems and how one special method she uses may just be the missing adjustment your dog needs to thrive. Please check out the chapter links included with this episode if you would like to move around within it. Please share this with fellow animal lovers and like the episode on whatever platform you're listening on. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Alicia Mang, the animal healer. Hi, Alicia. How are you doing?
1: I am doing really, really well. Thank you so much for having me here.
0: Oh, I'm absolutely thrilled. I think uh, animal communication is something every pet parent wishes they would have, but probably at the same time is a little bit nervous about having your pet talk to you all the time about things that are going on. Um, Actually, maybe we could start there. How did you become an animal communicator? Were you born with the ability to hear Animals speak with you?
1: Uh, probably. I, I didn't grow up in a household where it was um, common nature to be talking with animals. I had we had a dog uh, named Peppy. He was a Dalmatian, and poor Peppy. My parents did not understand Dalmatians. They did not understand the breed. My parents would go out and walk him for hours. He'd come back. He'd go to the bathroom in the house. But Peppy and I had a really close relationship, as far as I remember, back at like four or five years old. And one day, uh, I Peppy grabbed my toy and he had swallowed it. So I'd stuck my hand down Peppy's throat to take it out because I knew he wouldn't bite me. My father saw this and Peppy got in a lot of trouble because my dad did not understand that Peppy and I had, we just had this, I, I guess what I would call it today is communion right? It's, it's, it's even beyond communication because it wasn't like I was thinking about communicating with Pepe. We just did.
0: right?
1: did. And so it started back there. My mom asked me when I was five, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, a veterinarian to help sick animals heal. Mm -hmm. Math and science came into the equation and that basically concluded my uh, decision (laughs) that I could be a vet. But the universe always works in really interesting ways. And I always loved animals and you know rode horses and was around them a lot and was around dogs a lot. And in my early 20s, I became a professional fitness trainer in New York City. Oh. And one of my clients, lo and behold, became my spiritual teacher. So she, while I was training her physical body, she was helping train my spirit. Uh, she was teaching me meditation. She got me chiropractic care. She taught me about macrobiotic eating, and she bought me a gift of acupuncture on Christmas. So I am not a needle person at all. It was like, you want blood? Here's my finger. That's that's what you can do. Uh, But I decided to go And I met my Chinese doctor, and it was just an amazing experience of having acupuncture and learning to get retuned on a new level, and then starting to study uh, the ancient self-healing practice of Qigong. And Qigong is a deeply powerful, transformative process that really, the goal of it is to align body, mind, and spirit. And so that started happening. And one day I got a call out of nowhere from a girlfriend who said, you have to go to Hawaii. Okay. okay. <laughs> sure. Like I wanted to go to Hawaii. I want to swim with the dolphins, but I didn't know fully why. And she said, well, my friend went on this retreat last year with this animal communicator and she does Qigong and you do Qigong and you love dolphins and she loves dolphins. And like, you have to go. And I didn't have the money to go. So it was kind of really my first honest awareness of the possibilities of how you learn to manifest that I would sit every day. I would visualize, I would, I literally felt myself with the dolphins. And when I called the woman who was teaching the course, she said, so sorry, it's full. I said, you don't understand. I have to be there. And we talked for about 20 minutes and she said, you have to be here. I was like, I know. Don't, <laughs> so, it was right before my uh, 27th birthday and landed up in Hawaii in an animal communication course. And literally when I was swimming in the ocean with the dolphins and communicating with them, it was like the bells and whistles went off. You know, the angels were trumpeting and it was like, this is what you came here to do. So it was pretty incredible. The dolphins hadn't showed up for a couple of days and they showed up on my 27th birthday. Oh, Wow. My life has gone to the animals truly ever since.
0: <laughs> so, was that the first time as an adult that you actually did you speak to the dolphins? Did you, uh, was it like pictures? I mean, can you describe what it was you like I, at, the, at this course?
1: Sure. So, working with Marianne was just so mind blowing because once you let go of the limiting beliefs that you were educated with that aren't really your truth. Then all of a sudden it was just like, oh my God, you know, like everything started opening up and the, and a lot of it was, was having to practice a lot to make sure that I wasn't making this up. I, I drove a little yellow, beautiful bird in Maine crazy when I was out by the ocean and he flew into a pine tree and I was like, okay, if this is really true and you can really hear me, go fly over there. So he'd fly over there and I'm like, Oh, oh, okay. 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 This is really, really, really true. Go fly. So I did this for about five minutes and the bird was like, you've already seen the truth of this. Other than that, you're nuts. I'm leaving. So it just, it was funny because I kept asking for proof. I kept receiving proof and then it's interesting how, you know, we'll, we'll still doubt it. So I'm 26 years into it and I don't doubt it anymore. I mean, it is real as the day is long and it is not woo. It is, uh, it's quantum science, you know? And it's interesting because I'm someone that failed pretty much every single math and science test. Like remember in the day when we would get the sheets of paper to take our tests and all the writing was like those bubble kind of letters. Yeah. I was the master of sitting and coloring in every single space (laughs) because I, I didn't know, honestly, like I didn't understand math and science because it was so disconnected for me. It was so abstract. So I thought I was stupid in math and science. And then when I started studying Qigong, and I really started understanding how all that all energy is connected, that everything is energy, and it's all connected. Then it was like, I could have had a V8. Like I understand quantum, you know, and and it's interesting because now I always laugh. I was like, you know how the quantum physicists will write all these equations out on the board, you know, on their chalkboards to like prove that something is mathematically correct. Right. I laugh because I'm like, well, I'm now the living proof as well as many others that quantum science in action, it's a real thing. Like everything that's on their chalkboard I'm doing like in a, in a living science way.
0: So Qigong is a, an energy practice that is linked to Chinese medicine. Do, so do you think that helped open you up to be able to communicate with the animals? Do you think that having some kind of mindful practices, if anybody's looking to learn this, would be a good starting point? For
1: me, it was the most massive shift because I had a daily practice that I was doing every day for an hour, twice a day. That was my choice because I was, you know, training and working out. So I was very, very disciplined. I'd get up at 445 to 545 every morning for three years, no fail. Didn't matter what was going on. And I just got into my practice. And then every night before I went to bed and Qigong is a very, very powerful practice because there's many practices that sort of elevate the teacher to like guru mm-hmm. status. And we, it can bring us into a place where we forget that what we're really learning to tune into while we're taking our teachers' teachings and trainings, it's really to hone us in to be, you know, guru within. Like for me... Again, if you would have told me when I was 15 years old, you're going to understand quantum physics, you're going to actually live it. I'd be like, you're high, (laughs) you're drunk, right? Or you're on drugs. Yeah. And then how it sort of seeped its way day by day by day. And here's the interesting thing. It was always here. It was never not here. It's always part of my makeup. It's always part of all of our makeups. But because the educational system and the training that I received and that most of us receive educates us away from that, educates us away from our instincts and our, our gut intelligence and trusting that. It also educates us away from having our own individual connection with the quantum energy field. And that quantum energy field, which I will also refer to as the Tao, of, of, that's the way that you know traditional Chinese medicine speaks of it. It's an all-intelligent knowing. So we have that access available to us all the time. Now, granted, my background is a lot of study in science. I studied in human anatomy and physiology and nervous systems and how all of the parts and pieces connect. Then I studied through um, my qigong and and my um, studying traditional Chinese medicine, the five elements how the organs work and how they relate to emotions and seasons and tastes. And so, so I have a very extensive, you know, like 15 year background of studies, but something has transpired, you know, be, it's like my teacher always used to say, you learn the technique so you can transcend the technique. Mm -hmm. And some point I'm not saying I'm, you know, have transcended the technique, But at some point, I feel like I went directly into the ability to communicate with the quantum intelligence and really listen to what was being told to me. It's almost like I have have like a guidance system and they show me spots and spaces and overlays and uh, things. Honestly, I don't know if I would have learned in a book, but I was supposed to study the ground grounding, study the foundation, study the science, yeah. and then find a way that like, okay, but there's also like spiritual medicine that's also extraordinarily grounded.
0: Well, and I mean, I think the path that you kind of went on is, you know, telling because as a trainer, you have to have all of those that that background in anatomy and physiology and musculature, and then to kind of uh, allow your path to open up, it kind of led you back where you needed to go, and that's a that's a really beautiful thing. So, when you communicate with the, an animal, do they need to be physically in front of you? And you know,
1: I've worked on animals, you know, physically present. I have also worked with animals that are eight thousand miles away, you know, that are over overseas in Europe, that are in Australia. So it it's one of the things that the depth of that qigong practice taught me. Time and space, the way we are taught about them, don't actually exist that way. So to me, presence, being fully present, is something that doesn't matter where we are. Time and space doesn't matter. I can see the animal, it can lock right in. Um, I also do body healing work that allows me literally at, a, at these same distances, I feel like my thumbs almost have like an x-ray touch. It's not, that is not something I ever studied with my teacher, but it's yeah. something that the animals kept progressively showing me what was possible. And so I would say for at least like the last um, 20 years, maybe 25 years, I've been their student. Like, I, I don't ever approach a session and come in and say, well, I know it's this and this and that. I'm like, I, I don't, I just I show up, I listen, I ask them. So, you know, what are you aware of? And they'll tell me, and then they'll say, you know, if they need body work, they'll say, hey, just do it this way. You'll see the whole picture. So it's it's been fascinating.
0: So when they speak to you, I mean, are you hearing words or are you seeing pictures? I mean, what exactly... does the communication kind of feel like for you?
1: it's kind of all of it at once.
0: So after you went to this seminar in Hawaii that kind of opened you up to animal communication, did you have any like clients or animals that you worked with that you really felt like were like pivotal turning points for you?
1: Yes, actually there was a... um, a dog that was in the UK and they could not figure out what was happening with this dog. They were like, he's sick. Like the tests are coming back is nothing. We can't, we don't know why he's sick. I think it was like a Jack Russell. It was a Jack. I'm pretty sure it was a Jack Russell. We're, we're going back like 26 years. <laughs> so I was asking him, I said, what, you know, what's going on? And he kept showing me his feedback. Now this is, Really fascinating because he showed me his feed bag in colors.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, it's orange and it's purple. Wow. And I was like, well, I've been taught that animals cannot see in color. That, that was my education. And I said to the, to his owner, I said, are you feeding him? You know, so she goes, yes. I said, well, he said that there's rat poisoning in the food. Somehow when they were making the food, it got contaminated.
0: Oh gosh.
1: Changed the food, the dog got better. So that was, that was pivotal for me.
0: So tell me, tell me about your work was actually featured in a book called Soul Dog by Elena Manis. and you worked with her dog Brio. So when you're talking about that, that communion that you have, can you tell me a little bit about him and how, how it felt to work with him?
1: It, Brio is pretty amazing. Our work landed up actually inspiring the book because Elena had worked with communicators before, but it wasn't until Brio had this, basically he collapsed on the sidewalk in New York City and he was only eight years old. So, um, she, had con- f- she had contacted a friend of hers who had recently done a session, a couple of sessions with me with their dog in New York city. Oh. And he said, look, I don't know whether she can help or not, but you should call her. So she called me. She was already very well versed in working with animal communicators. She knew that, you know, she was going to ask me a question. I was going to get quiet. I was going to tune into Brio. Communicating with Brio was another huge jump for me because he had a physical issue. So while I have been doing hands-on work with animals, it was only in person. Like I didn't know if what the work that I did could translate to a distance. And I was in Colorado. So we were about 2,000, 2,200 miles away from each other. So as soon as I started to connect with Brio, he said, That is not what he got diagnosed with by two veterinarians and a veterinary um, neurologist was with degenerative myelopathy. So that's usually a degeneration of the spine. And Brio said, that is not what I have. And I was like, okay, (laughs) that's what you were told you have. He said, it's not what I have. He said, I'm an eight year old giant sized poodle and I love to play. He's like, I jump around a lot. He's like, I'm really out of balance in my back he said, and you can fix it. Now that was like really the first time I felt like an animal, like I literally heard an animal say that. Oh. And I was like, okay, so I guess you're going to have to guide me through this. So I did three sessions. He said, I need three sessions. I will be able to walk and run and jump again. So we did the first session and Brio started walking. I started realigning his back from a distance, releasing the muscle tension, and he was walking. The second week, he started running. The third week, he started jumping. And I was probably in as much awe as Elena because it wasn't something that I had done before. And I told her, honestly, I said, I'm not sure you know, what I'm going to be able to do. I'm just going to listen to Brio and I'm going to trust what he's telling me. And if he has that confidence in me, I'll do whatever I can.
0: Wow.
1: So it was pretty remarkable. And then I was also with him um, during his transition when he, he lived another five years very happily and he did great. And did then. you
0: have any recurrence of the, of the inability to walk? No
1: better and better and better. And then also that prompted, um, the, Elena, who is a five-time Emmy award-winning uh, producer to do like a double blind study. So she had her veterinarian in New York share with me five pictures. That was it. The only thing I knew was the picture and the name. Oh, And they said, you know, see what you get from each picture. So I tuned into every single animal. I think there were five or six. And she said, basically, she's one of the most accurate people I've ever read with. She she nailed almost everything about what was going on health-wise with these animals. So it was interesting. It was really, really interesting. I mean, Brio really shifted and changed my life because he was open to it. And he kept bringing me forth to what else is possible.
0: So, that do you think that it might not that, have gone to? So, do you think it's that when you call it communication, you know, um, like you wouldn't think that the dog would know what degenerative myelopathy is? So, do you feel like it's that they, it's like you connect with their energy and it's almost like you already know their language? It's not like you have to try and you don't have to show them a bunch of pictures about anything. It's, it's more, you're connecting energy to energy and that kind of almost transcends, you know? Um, yes. Language. So,
1: so for me, like I see, I hear, I feel, I know. And all of that, it's not like four separate things. Imagine those things contained in a bubble of biology. Okay. Every animal can, can uh, share in whatever way they choose. Some might show me a picture. I might hear some. I might feel some. I might know, oh, that's what it is. It happens beyond the speed of light. It's just this, it's like this instantaneousness. My confirmations for that instantaneousness is then the communication to make sure that this is accurate. The animals also have those bubbles of biology of awareness. Right. So they're knowing Rio doesn't necessarily need to know degenerative myelopathy, but he was hearing it while he was present in every single one of, you know, the, um, appointments he had with the doctors.
0: Right.
1: But to him, it's, it's a word, it's a piece of his awareness. But then, like I said, as soon as I got on the phone with him, he's like, that's not what I have. (laughs) This is what's going on. And he showed me the picture. And I also heard the words, my back is out. You need to realign it.
0: Wow. That's wonderful. That's good to know because you, as a lay person, you, you don't really quite know what to expect and, and, um, you know, and
1: everybody's different. Like when I teach my courses, I teach people how to communicate with animals. I teach people how to do the hands-on body work. I lay out, these are usually the four ways in which you will pick up information. But eventually it's like, even whatever was your strongest often sort of shifts because my goal is like, look, if I'm somebody that didn't even understand science and math, and I have these capacities, I don't feel like I'm someone special that has these capacities. I may have taken my skills to a whole nother level because that's what animals led me to do with them. But this is something that all of us have the capacity for. So, you know, I love the fact that we have veterinary medicine and I think it's extraordinarily important. You know, if you're in an emergency, you better get your dog to the vet first. But in addition, for all of us that have, you know, beloved animal companions to recognize that we do have the ability to check in and to ask and to understand, like, how are they feeling? You know, my, since doing this for 26 years, you know, my first thought is always want to know the truth, ask your animal, right? Like go there first. Do you know what I'm saying? Because at least yeah. because there's so many times when I see, you know, not everything is physical. Not everything is a pathogen. Not everything is like, uh, you know, like something ruptured or there's some sort of failure. There's a lot of times, and I would I would probably say as close to 60 to 70% of the time when we see, you know, certain things that are I guess like a building in nature, obviously if your animal breaks their leg, you're going, you know, you're going (laughs) cut themselves out like you're going.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But, but there are things that we sort of are seeing building over time that are more like emotional in nature or are more belief systems or are more about, Hey, the energy starting to build up. So maybe there is a physical misalignment that's creating an energy buildup, which is, sort of starting to tank the animal's energy. You know, th- th- it's, it's funny because I still feel in so many ways, like a lay person. It's just that I've had thousands of times of, of experience, yeah. right? I did a communication and a bodywork session with someone who's uh, um, 17 years as an applied animal behaviorist. This pit bull, she had, she was fostering it for the last five or six months it was not abused but it was neglected and this poor dog you know he saw people he would like pee and poop on himself and in one session while this dog was laying on the bed and I was communicating uh, I was just doing body work with him and realigning his body this dog made a 360 degree transformation. He was a completely different dog. And she was sitting there like with her mouth on the floor because she said, look, I didn't honestly, I didn't even really think anything was going to happen. She said, this is a completely different dog. And I, when I tell you completely different, he was jumping and playing. He was so much less afraid he was able to listen to her and sit down and lay down. It was almost like he was had been trapped in his body, got freed up in his body. His chemistry started functioning properly. And now he's like this 10 month old wide awake dog. Aww. And she said, nothing in my science-based training would ever say that this is even possible. And I'm, I'm a trainer. Like I train people and dogs there was no training needed because what, well, there's training needed now, but there was no, no training that you could have given this dog could have shifted how much behavioral stuff this dog shifted in that short of a time. And a lot of that came honestly, because of animal communication, because I was listening to the animals and they said, you need to start doing this. And I was like, Okay.
0: Well, that's wonderful. I'm really glad you did. So with this pup in general, was it a physical problem that you dealt with or was it a mental problem that you dealt
1: with? Well, so it's both, right? Because it's his body. But what happens is when his body gets out of alignment, the the basic premise of biology, structure determines function. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now we take that to our physical structures. If your physical structure is out of alignment, it's going to affect the way your brain forms. It's going to affect your neurochemistry. So when the dogs, one a dog said to me once, he's like, "Well, why don't you just check the back alarm points from Chinese medicine?" I'm like why would I do that? He's like, kind of, cause it's like the gateway to our bodies. I was like, okay. And then, the, you know, the, another dog was like, you do realize you should be checking the, um, the vertebrae points too, right? Cause the muscles are what moves the vertebrae. So this is the fascinating part of animal communication. It's not just being able to hear the animals because someone's like, hey, is that my dog's favorite ball? Or, you know, what's my dog's uh, favorite food? I mean, this is, we're talking like deep science that I never would have personally like known about or investigated or even remotely had the awareness to try. And because of being able to hear the animals, they're the ones that kept informing me, hey, try this. Hey, you should be doing that. And then all of a sudden these pieces were coming together and I was like, oh, wait a minute you know, obviously you guys have so much more to teach us. If we're able to listen to you, right, that is a massive key in unlocking such a greater amount of science than just the biology and the chemistry.
0: I just love that the dogs we're like, Hey, check this. And Hey, well, and this, this
1: was the, the other piece of it that really fascinated me the most. And that helped me develop my instinct body assessment and muscle release protocols. It's totally based on science, like everything, even though I'm not a very scientific person in terms of, I really didn't understand chemistry and biology Now I understand the bigger picture of how chemistry and biology fit into the bigger energy that yes, chemistry and biology are absolutely vital, but it's not, it's like that's the yin and the yang. And then you realize, yeah, but the yin and the yang are contained in a much bigger circle, right? Bigger circle is the energy field. Biology and chemistry are how things move through the system and then understanding the system and the anatomy and physiology, knowing like how the the spine houses all the nerves of the nervous system, knowing that each one of those nerves is connected into an organ, like knowing how this actually works it's been fascinating utilizing animal communication not never to diagnose animals because i don't do that i'm not a doctor but to give clear insight you know to their parent or even sometimes with their doctors to say hey listen what the animal is saying is really taking place here and then being able to put it into the scientific terms like I never spoke with Brio's doctors that diagnosed him, but okay, let's say neurology. Neurology is saying, okay, something's not tracking right for the brain. But if you don't understand that the spine is what's giving the feedback to the brain and Brio says, it's not what they're saying. I am out of alignment, rebalance that. And then the chemistry that's going to my brain is going to function much better
0: well didn't you work with a a horse also that's yes. really interesting with that kind of brain chemistry and that movement could you talk a little bit about the the horse and kind of talk about the um unusual circumstances that brought you brought you back to her
1: uh that i have chills um blue was such she is such an amazing horse so i i was in new mexico and I met these people that had a sick cat that they had taken with them on their journey because they were like, he's so sick. We don't know if he's even going to make it. So we want to give him. So I'm like, wow, I think we were supposed to meet. So I go, I work with the cat. I do all kinds of body work. Come back the next day. They're like, you're not going to believe this. I was like, I was like, Oh God, I hope, hope the cat's okay. <laughs> they're like, the cat who hasn't jumped up this entire trip onto the higher bed, he jumped up. He's eating. He like we he's like a totally different cat. And I'm like, wow. So they had invited me. It was right around Thanksgiving. I said, Why don't you come out to New Mexico? Just stay with us for a little bit down the road with someone else that I knew who had a beautiful um, equine facilitated learning facility. When I was driving up to the property. There was a horse standing there now i had met the equus people the may before so we were in may and now we're like in november when i met the people at the wolf sanctuary
0: with the cat right
1: with the cat
0: okay
1: so they lived exactly one mile above the horse and before when, when i had gone to meet with the horses in may because I was doing an equine uh, facilitated learning experience with the woman that owned Equus. Ah. I went up to the mountain behind the house and I just said, if you ever need me back here, call me back. Then in November, I had met the people with the cat and they literally lived one mile up the road. So when I was coming up the road on a Friday night, there there was a horse standing there in the headlights. I thought it was a different horse, but it turned out to be blue. And Blue was standing there. And I just remember the way my headlights hit her eyes. And I was like, something's off. I didn't, I I didn't know what, and I wouldn't have thought about blindness. I just told her, I'm so happy to see you. If you need anything, I'm here now for a couple, you know, for a week or two emailed her human. Her human said, I can't believe you're here. I want you to have a session with Blue. She went blind out of nowhere.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So three days later, I went down to see blue. She, she was like catatonic and I have a really amazing equine dentist. And because of him, there are so many more things I now understand about how the mouth affects the entire body. Yeah. So when I saw the fact, now I know horses can go blind and they can be fine. You know and I mean? Like they can almost sometimes see even better than horses that go blind. So when I saw her like completely catatonic, I was like, Oh God, girl, something's really, really wrong. Cause if you just went blind, you'd still be able to have your footing. And she said, Alicia, I am not blind. I was like, okay, but you were diagnosed by the vets for like the past couple months is like, you can't see. She goes, it's not my eyes. She said, it's in my head. And I could feel in her head, like her eyes were all torque, like so many things were off. And I was like, wow, she's a tremendous amount of pressure in her head. Mm-hmm. And she said, You know who I need to see, take care of it. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> so I said, Okay. So I contacted my equine dentist and I said, You need to come and see this horse. She says she's not blind. I said, There are so many things going on in her head. I'm not sure exactly how to unwind it, but she told me, I know the person that can, so you need to come. So about a week or two later, he came and he saw her and he did uh, a bunch of releases of um, uh, blood flow in her head, and he adjusted her mouth. And within the first session, she was walking normally, she had about 35% of her vision back in her uh, left eye and about 65% back in her right eye. And then it just kept getting better and better from there. And she became full. He had two more sessions with her and she regained her entire eyesight.
0: Wow. Now, why did you say she, she could walk again? Was she also unable to walk?
1: So here's the thing when you're, cranial plates are that off. It turns out she had smashed her head inside a trailer and it was from that, from, from the concussiveness Mm -hmm. plus how it took her plates off balance. What kept happening was the function that the brain is supposed to tell the feet of how to move Uh kept completely shutting down. So what, with that concussiveness, it was totally restricting blood flow Uh to her brain. So as soon as that got balanced out and her teeth got rebalanced, so she could chew normally and the blood flow was back immediately, she got back her ability to um, use her legs properly.
0: Like oh, so she couldn't, she just couldn't tell where she was. Exactly.
1: She like she was bumping up. into things. She was banging into things. She was running into things because literally it was like, this, right? Like she couldn't, not only couldn't she see, but her faculties were so off inside in her inner eyesight, that was the issue. And as soon as she got worked on, you know, by the person that needed to work on her started to clear it almost instantly. She got her full eyesight back. Wow. So that, that was another massive eye opener because, yeah. you know, from a medical standpoint, where else are you going to go? Like what other opinions are going to get than like the top vets that you know? Yeah. And yet the horse knew completely differently. Wow. So, you know, that's when I say that no animal communication is not woo. Like I'm seeing it because I have scientifically medically backed cases. Yeah. Of what it's actually been able to do and how it's been able to work.
0: Well, you kind of so it it was interesting. I've always wondered when you can communicate with animals, do you are you like hearing animals like 24/7, but it sounds to me like you actually have to actively tune in to that particular energy? Is that correct?
1: Well, it's kind of both. Do I hear animals all the time? Sure. You know, when I walk into my horse's pasture, we're immediately connecting. When I'm not with him, we're connecting. When I walk in and see his pastor mate and he just looks at me and he's like, I got to get out of this stall. Like it just, it happens, but I'm not, that was something that I had to actually learn. Like, do not take on everybody's stuff. The only animals that you really need to communicate with are the ones that you're being asked to by people, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to assist them. And I'm, I'm grateful. Because thousands of animals have been helped by this vehicle of animal communication when you know the doctors were trying to figure out what was wrong. And it was like, well, one of the things my Chinese doctor taught me, he said, look, things are always going to be an energy issue before it's a physical issue, unless, you know, you do something like you're in a car accident or you break your arm or you know, you cut yourself. Those are things that are not buildups. They're, you know, it's an acute situation so a lot of what i found and in, in working with the animals like i just find that to be so unbelievably true because things are often had the reason sometimes why we can't find a medical diagnosis is because we're looking for a pathogen
0: right
1: we're not actually looking energy pathways right and we're not tuning into the animals to understand you know like did a divorce take place? Did a kid go off to school? You know, are people having issues in the house? Is the person in the house or like they depressed or upset? So we don't ask these questions because we don't assume so much that the animals would know anything about it. And when I work with them, I mean, they tell me things about their people that there's no way I could know. And it it's interesting because when I started my animal communication practice, I was like, I'm just working with the animals. You know, like I had worked with people for like a decade and I was like, uh-uh. And so at one point an animal said to me, it's time. I was like, what do you mean it's time? They said, you need to tell my person this. And they told me something very, very intimate that literally like none of my business, none of my concern, but they said, please, you can hear me. And if you can share this with my human, this is going to contribute to helping my health get better, but it's going to help me help my human. And you understand things on a level that a lot of people don't, and a lot of trainers don't, because you've done so much of your own self work and self healing. Oh. So please share this so I can also help them get better. And I mean, I kid you not, I was so nervous. I swear I almost threw up like Did I, I,
0: I receive it well, or yes, was it, and yes, which, all?
1: I was so surprised because the nervousness was, if I say this, and if you hired me to work with your animal, then I might really be crossing like an ethical boundary. Now I, I didn't grow up knowing I was really aware and it, you know, that incident with Peppy, and, and knowing that we were so in community. I didn't know what those things were. It's just who I was. Right. Then I realized that, well, that's not right. You can't be that way. So then I became another way only to have the animals bring me back full circle to, I'm very aware. So listening to them, it was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense about why this is happening. And okay, let me find a way you Know to to sort of say up front, listen, I'm not your typical animal communicator, I'm not just going to speak with your animal. Oftentimes, they're going to share with me intimate things about you that they <laughs> see struggling with that they want to help you with. Like, is that okay? Share that with you,
0: and are they and it's the time pretty open with that?
1: I cannot believe the things that have trans. I mean, I've had clients when i when the animals have said you need to talk to them about x or you need to talk i have had clients break down crying i have had clients that have said what you just shared with me is what i've been working on for over 25 years oh. with therapy like really it's fascinating the way these animals see to the root of their people's problems i, I was working with a client and his german shepherd and they were playing tug and he said My client said, you see, this is the thing I can't stand about. him. like, he, he, he constantly like, like he doesn't just give it to me. Like it's always a fight. And when we tracked it back in about five minutes in that session, and I kept asking my client, so how's that really making you feel? So how's that really make, because we, you know, think about training. We're always going after changing the animal's behavior, right? We're not really listening to what is going on in the relationship that the animal might trying to be helping the human shift their behavior. Oh. So in this five minutes, I keep digging and my client's starting to get really pissed because he wants to fix the dog.
0: Right. And
1: finally he blurts out, I hate conflict. I hate it. I hated it ever since I was a kid. I felt like I had no and, and all of a sudden, like, I mean he became like a different human being and I, like I had tears coming down my eyes because I saw him transform even though he was a full on grown up, full on adult parent. I saw him transform from the 12 to 13 year old kid that was struggling with conflict to get people to listen to him and he literally blossomed into the full man that he was and I I looked at his wife I said I hope you don't get upset but I had tears coming down my eyes because it was the most beautiful thing I have ever seen happen and I said I just fell in love with your husband I said I'm sorry you know but I mean it was purely on a soul level because basically what that dog was doing was getting this man to a point to actually help him with his own behaviors and that dog who had had issues of why I got called in because they had seen five trainers And uh, nobody had checked his body and I had a lot of communication work with him. And he said, you realize I'm helping. And I worked with him individually with every single member of their family, except one who was out in California. Mm -hmm. He said, you do realize I'm here to help every single one of them heal some of their deepest fears. And I was like,
0: wow. wow!"
1: And then the way that I train, because I follow kind of like the flow of energy and I follow a Qigong type flow. And I'm not afraid to ask questions of humans, like not make it all about the dog, but find out Yeah, every single one of the family members got a healing from this dog, which was so extraordinary because he wasn't the most well-grounded shepherd. No, he had his own issues, but because of his issues, every single person in that house came more fully into the ownership of their leadership. And it was exquisite.
0: How'd but dog, he knew how'd the dog do at the end? He did great. He, was good. he did.
1: He did he did beautifully. Like, because his nervous system was off balance, he was triggering what was off balance in the humans' nervous systems.
0: Oh, that kind of matched so Yeah.
1: And as soon as I got the humans to ground, right? Then all of a sudden the dog was fine he'd fall right into alignment. I mean, he was an exquisite dog, but I mean, talk about watching, you know, I know uh, there's a science like with biofeedback. I mean, talk about biofeedback. (laughs) And I was, you know, we were changing breathing. We were changing posture and body alignment. Cause everybody always looks at the dogs, but the dogs taught me, they said, you know, human body alignment is very, very important. My uh, white wolf dog Ayana, taught me so much from this animal communication space of how she was using her body language, but it wasn't just her body language. It was her inner energy and awareness and how she would train a puppy to sit and how she would teach a puppy about what proper boundaries was. So I am so deeply grateful, you know, for this path and process a remembering. I don't think animal communication is anything new. I mean, every indigenous culture, right. Going back to the oldest indigenous culture that we know of at least with the aboriginals, they were completely in, in attunement and alignment. They were always animal community. Yeah. We just have a name for it these days. You right. know? I'm so grateful for it because it's allowed me who's, and it's funny too. It's really made me learn how to have to be silent and just listen right? Like not have any projection, not go with any kind of ego. I don't know anything. I just listen really just, I mean, I know my backgrounds, but I, even that you let go of it. And I just show up and listen and what has come forth from them in terms of training me to really understand what's at the depth of it. And this is not my opinion. I mean, I don't, I don't really have an opinion of it. It's just really their teachings.
0: That's a lot. Of, it's very courageous of you. I mean, it takes a lot to step out of the norm and, and actually stand in your truth and say, this is what I do. This is who I am. This is, this is real. This, you believe what you want. I, I know what I know. That's just incredibly courageous.
1: You know, I, I think I woke up to the awareness, like, just like you said, it's like, this isn't what I do. This, this is not like I learned to be a lawyer or an accountant. I was like this is actually just who I am.
0: Right. And
1: I think that there's a lot more of us that are really like this. I, I I don't see it as something separate from me. You know, I I for me I am so enormously grateful to all of my teachers, you know, that have showed up along the way to to teach me and to help me remember the truth of who I really am. Yeah but it's the animals that have helped me so deeply stand in the truth of of my essence. That's like my personal frequency or signature, but I think all of us, I I don't think that there's any one of us on the planet that's not connected to this truth.
0: Yeah. I think we might not remember. Right. And I think we're learning again, the more, the more people, meditate and they ground themselves and they see how much energy affects things around them and that type of stuff. I think we're starting to see more of an opening. Now, when you speak with animals, is there a difference between what you see here or hear and feel when you're doing an energy um, healing, as opposed to when you're just talking to them about maybe whatever their, their family wants, whether it's behavior or before they pass or if they're ill. So is there a difference between he went working on their body and actually speaking with them?
1: So I'm going to say yes and yes. (laughs) So, so although I wanted to be a vet and I thought that like, you know, there's, there's that process you go through of schooling and practice and all of that, the journey that I've been brought on to helping animals heal themselves and then I didn't realize it also included healing their humans. Um, it's been like, I couldn't have picked it out. Do you know what, Like I didn't have a roadmap. I literally have been following the breadcrumbs. Right. So when I started, I didn't realize I could work with bodies. I, I just was doing the communication to be able to share what the animals were experiencing and be able to give really solid, precise feedback to their humans about what was happening and, you know, offer suggestions of what they could do, go to chiropractor, go to acupuncture. Um, If there were things that I could handle, like it's emotional or it's psychological or it's nutritional, I, I would consult with that. As I started working on bodies, as I started listening about how to just simply release muscle tension or just check for even muscle tension with an assessment and then be able to release it. When Brio came on board with me, that's when I was like, whoa, this stuff can be done like at a distance, like seriously, which is I'm literally in the middle of conducting a PhD research study with 21 formerly wild third strike Mustangs at distances, seeing how much body alignment is actually affecting behavior. Like that's the point it's gotten me to. And I try to keep communication out of it in terms of, I don't want to be sending them pictures or um, I don't want to be altering anything when I'm doing bodies Mm -hmm. because through the communication work with them, I learned separate those two while you're doing the body work so that I'm not inferring anything. I'm just simply like, No, I guess you would say like as neutral as an x-ray machine, right? An x-ray machine's not going to say, okay, take a deep sigh now. Okay, blink your eyes now. Like um, we worked with your dog, Emmy. And, you know, I couldn't, if I was communicating with Emmy, I could have said, hey, stretch now or turn on your side. But that's why I specifically turned that communication piece off of like sending any kind of pictures when I'm doing the body work, because the body work is going through every single vertebrae. So it's, I'm going from head to tail, asking the body, you tell me what you're feeling and what you need, whatever results come of that, that's freely and wholly from the animal. And sometimes I will start out a session, you know, through communication, just to get a base level but what i found to be most optimal whether it's behavior issues or health issues i'm like i don't want to infer anything let's go to the body first the body's going to tell us exactly what's blocked stuck you know torqued where it's off what what needs to be released and then through that the animal will start you know i'll be like okay if you want to tell me anything while this is happening great but i've just Found that that way, uh, you know, and and it's always an adjustment, right? Like it's always like, all right, how do you want me to do this, or how are you guys telling me this is how this should happen, so it's a most effective session. And you know, the interesting thing for me is while I know that I have this very deep background and thirty years worth of training, you know, coming to all of this, I never know what's going to actually take place in a session. I'm just willing to show up, do an assessment, let them tell me what they need to be realigned and then let them share with me. Okay. So what's your perspective about the situation? When I was working with this dog yesterday, whose family clearly, clearly so adores it. Like it brought tears to my eyes several times. And the whole family was on Zoom, even though the two kids were at college. This dog was so clear with her people. Everybody's sad. Everybody's upset. I'm not ready to go yet. Like, even though she just got a diagnosis of lymphoma, oh. she's like, guys, like, but if, like, like, so all of us pretty much don't even realize that we're telepathic. We're always sending out pictures. A lot of the times we just don't realize it's backward pictures. So here's everybody, you know, so upset, grieving, worried. Here's this dog that says, you know, I'm the center point for everybody. They all come to me with their emotional stuff and I help assist and facilitate them. Now that's not a bad thing. And she's loved her job, but she's like at this moment because of this condition in my body, she said, I can't process everybody else's grief for them. What they're going to have to do is get back into their bodies. They're going to have to grieve, but they're also going to have to hold a space of light for me so I can heal myself. She said, cause they're all thinking now that I'm leaving, I'm dying. I'm le-. You know, she hadn't eaten in a couple of days and she told me exactly what she wanted to eat. And I got a text um, just before we got on here and her mom said, She's eating the salmon. She's eating the rice. She's like a completely different dog today.
0: Wonderful. Now,
1: they'll have lymphoma? Sure. Does she really care that she has lymphoma? Not really.
0: No. But But if her her family... You change the picture. So instead of them only being able to see her as sick and dying and all of the emotion that goes from that, now they see her as... I'm here. I love you. I care for you, but this is what I need from you. And it's almost given them maybe permission not to, to be able to change their behavior, you know? Um, Yes. And that's,
1: that's the interesting part, right? Because we don't understand how deeply we talk about quantum physics and we talk about quantum entanglement. We don't realize all the layers in which we're entangled So when we're thinking, oh, well, I'm not going to cry in front of my dog, your dog knows anyway, cry, (laughs) get it out and don't let the dog have to take it on for you or the horse or the cat or the bird, you know, Um, it is fascinating to me and I'm speaking right now specifically like from a training perspective, it is fascinating to me how much our end of the leash creates results on the other end of the leash that have nothing to do with a cookie. Oh yeah. And, and like how little we've actually been researching it. I mean, that's where, you know, I've got 20 years of research and watching case after case after case and client after client after client. It's like, this is amazing how deeply attuned we are to each other. And also a beautiful you know, they always, the Chinese um, symbol for crisis is always opportunity, you know, and I can't (laughs) tell you how many clients I've had that come to me and they're, I have to give the dog away. I have to give it, you know, not yet. Uh First let's check the body alignment of the animal because what I've learned from the communication part that led me to the body part, if that body structure is out of alignment, that's what could be the root cause of your behaviors. That pit bull, he can't lie. I never physically touched him. We were 750 miles away. Right. And in 45 minutes, he was a completely different dog with zero training.
0: Didn't I read, and so, I think it might've been on your website where you talked about how if you're walking your dog, say you have a reactive dog and you're walking your dog that it could simply be because their body's not in alignment and they see the dog and they tense up and it hurts them. It almost, now they've, now every single time they see a dog, they're, they're associating that hurt with that dog. And then, you know, all the behaviors that come with it, you're, you tense up on the leash, you get, exactly. plant, you, you know, it's almost like the, the fact that their body was out of whack um, and not taking a look at that physical structure, um, it, it actually does contribute a lot more than we possibly think to training issues.
1: That's what, honestly, that's what my PhD is about. It's about how structure determines function. So it's, it's grounded in the basis of biology, but it's understanding how body alignment actually will affect the way the brain processes the neurochemicals. And the interesting thing too, maybe the brain chemistry being off isn't the first place to start. We start with the bodies. Yeah. But the fascinating thing to me in our in our whole conversation, this all came directly from animal communication. It's mind blowing because I just thought animal communication was simply going to be about helping animals heal. I had no idea on this journey that it would be about helping humans, that it would be about understanding their deep interrelationships and, you know, the things that we're doing to destroy their family structures and their genetics. And no idea it would lead me to dog training. I had no idea it would lead me to, whoa, this is a model for almost helping people do that flow work that I have found in Qigong and helping really heal on so many levels. Not just like learn to heal on the leash because I developed a product for that, but it was like, oh my god, it, this is teaching people to really be so much more in sync, and oftentimes a lot of people won't do it for themselves alone, you yeah, know, or well, go on that it journey. For
0: your dog first, right? Right, yeah. or your
1: horse, or your cat, or. You know, and it's, it's beautiful too, because a lot of the times, you know, when people go into therapy, which I think is can be a fabulous thing, it, it it can be very confrontational, right? This way, the things that are needing to come up are coming up from the most unconditionally loving source on the planet, which is these animals, to say to their human, hey, uh, why don't you be really authentic here and let me help you, you know, return to that place of like sacred innocence of like healing your heart
0: are all of our dogs here to help us grow. Or is it, is it, it's not always them trying to move a human forward. Is it, or, I mean, can it sometimes just be that they were, their back was out or energetically they were stuck? Absolutely. Okay.
1: Absolutely. So yes, yes. no, 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 no. Just like, yes. And yes. Right. right? Because yes. Yes. There are some relationships, regardless, whatever level you take it to, there's just going to be healing going on because you guys are together and you love each other. And yes, it could be as simple as the animal's back is out. And remember too, I land up working with some of the, you know, worst of the worst cases. We've seen five trainers. We've seen four veterinarians. We don't know what else to do. Right. And that's when, you know, I land up coming in at the end because they've explored every single thing and everything has been checked off. No, but I also laugh when I go, God, imagine if I was coming in at the beginning, like we have an issue, great, Let's talk with your animal. Let's see on what level it is. And you know, let's, let's heal it. Like,
0: well, the work you did with Emmy yesterday, um, it was incredibly surprising because um, Emmy has had some breathing issues that started in like May, June timeframe. And then she's also just seems to have declined in so much as she can't play ball very long. Um, I'm, I'm having to constantly go to the chiropractor or use um, cold laser. And so Both of those things are supposed to bring down inflammation. Chiropractic is supposed to align herself. But when you went in yesterday, she was a twisted, tangled mess. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised by any means that her structure, whether physically or energetically was out in that way. She's a very active dog who lives life to the fullest. She's on and off beds and dolphining to catch her toys and running full out. I wish I could live life as fully as she does. So, you know, I, I was at a point where I didn't know that animal communicators, and of course, every animal communication person who has that gift can can probably offer something slightly different, but I didn't realize you could do distance healing. So I was really excited to try that with you, and I found it very remarkable as you would talk about where you were in Emmy's body, you know, you'd be like, oh my gosh, that's stuck. And, and her ears would be back, you know, or she would be completely asleep. And then she would wake up to um, touch her foot because you started working on her hip. And then, um, and then when you finish, she was all like dancing on the floor on her back. And then there's also this way that she looks at you. It's almost like she's a person wanting to have a conversation with you. And I'm like, I can't hear you, right? (laughs) That's why Alicia's here. But I am so excited to see how she improves. And I mean, there wasn't probably one part of her that didn't need some kind of help and healing. So I'm excited to see what will come of that. And just for the listeners, that will be on Alicia's channel. And it will also, we'll do the follow-ups here too. So you can hear how she's doing, but um, I think it's, it's beautiful what you're doing because I really was at my wits end. You know, I had done the x-ray. I started, you know, she's breathing heavy. She can't seem to take a deep breath. Even at rest, she had very rapid breathing. Um, I take her to the vet. We do blood work, nothing. We do a chest x-ray, nothing. And then we go to the chiropractor helps a bit. We do the cold laser. It helps a bit, but she's six years old. I want this dog to be able to live her life fully. I don't want to have to play ball by creating an obstacle course to slow her down. You know, I want, I want to bring her back to wholeness. And so, um,
1: well, this is, this is why I love animal communication so much. I would not have put these pieces together. I feel like I showed up. I listened to her body I and the reason why I like where I'm I'm so grateful for the animals telling me do it this way and the in protocol is because it's so extraordinarily precise. It deals exactly with precision on every single back alarm point, on every single vertebrae. So we're not missing anything, you know, and, and if we are, Emmy would tell us, but it it provides that ability. To take something that people would think is woo, like, yeah, okay, lady, what are you going to do at, like, what, like 2,000 miles away from each other? Mm -hmm. Sure. And yet we're watching it and there's no, uh, that's why I say I don't animal communicate with Emmy while I'm working on her body because I'm not asking her body to do anything. I'm just listening and say, could you tell me how is your body working? And what does it need that I can facilitate you in releasing so you feel better?
0: Well, it was funny too because um, we had I had all the dogs there and um, I will say that it uh, while we were working with you, I mean everybody was asleep nobody you know I'm sitting on the floor if I'm sitting on the floor, somebody's asking me to pet them. Uh, wanting to play toy they're all wanting to do something and they didn't they all spread out they all sacked out and then um, in the video you'll be able to see emmy's I, i had her in a bed so that we could have her you know hopefully keep her in one space um she never really moved until the end but bruiser is off to the side and you can see how as you're taking care of emmy's lower back he starts kicking his feet and he starts stretching around. He's almost mirroring what she's doing. And I found that to be quite amazing um, because we think of energy as like, just like almost like a laser beam, but the laser beam is only because they're light particles, like, can, you know, that you can see. Yeah. Otherwise it's kind of, yeah, scattered out. So
1: this is, it's fascinating to me as well because like I said, there's the, Blackboard version, you know, of okay, you can explain all of this in a scientific equation, but this is taking that blackboard and putting it into real life, and it's like this stuff is real, like it, you know, it, it's not a joke. I mean, I play with it because I feel like it's beautiful, and I'm so enjoy, you know, working with them and working in that energy field, but the results to me have just spoken for themselves because there's, there's no voodoo here. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, whoa, this is what we have possibilities for, you know, and especially with COVID and all the people that couldn't get to veterinarians, you know, but their dogs might be sick or they were throwing up or they were having diarrhea, like to be able to get on with them, to be able to, you know, go through the balance of those dogs, listen to them listen to the horses, listen to what they needed and just help them just facilitate the rebalancing so that they can heal naturally. It was like, yeah, it's mind blowing. And again, this is not, I'm not, I don't diagnose anything. I just look at the energy system and then they just tell me like if their structure is off and how their energy flow is off. And I just work at a distance to um, realign it. And it's, it's fascinating for me because I'm like, it, the kid that thought, Oh God, I could never go to vet school. But then you're doing no, the universe
0: really here's sh- a larger scale than, than you would have being able to just be seeing one patient at a time. Well, it's just a different, it's a deeper healing. You're able to affect them at a deeper level, which actually well, I'd like to come back to the dog that you just mentioned with the lymphoma. And so your energy healing can't actually Help heal the lymphoma, correct? I mean, it. I not not
1: that that I know of. Okay. Not that. But I have worked with animals with cancers, and I can't tell you that it was cured or anything like that. I can just tell you that animals that have been diagnosed with cancers, the 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 shift that we've seen from doing the body work has created far greater life extensions for them than were expected. Now that makes no claims whatsoever. Um, I don't touch cancer. I don't heal cancer. I don't anything. I just help body alignment and structure come back into place in animals who have it. And it seems to really benefit their abilities to boost their own immune systems and to stay longer, healthier, happier. Cause again, I'm, I'm not, you know, coming from the place of you have cancer. I'm coming from the place of, Hey, all right. Apparently your energy is off balance and that's how the cancer got in. So is there anything that we can do to help support you? But I find that I'm shocked. Like I, I didn't go into this going, well, this is going to work on this. I have no idea. So every, every animal I work with is always new, but now, you know, we're looking at like three or 4,000 animals later Yeah, and I still approach everything like, okay, let's, I don't know what's going to happen, but let's see what we can, how can we assist you?
0: Have you also helped, I I mean, is there, um, is it helpful to have an animal communicator session as your dog is getting ready to transition, um, or, or have you helped people, um, make their a clearer end of life decision, uh, when they're kind of going back and forth.
1: Yeah. That, that was also something I never thought I could do. Cause I was sort of like that. I'm going to avoid death at all costs kind of person. Oh. And then you, many years ago, while I was in my Qigong training, um, my grandmother had cancer and I used to go out and see her at least once a week. And we'd spend time together, play cards or talk and, there was something about being able to ask her how she feels yeah. being alive, right. knowing that she's going to die. Mm-hmm. And it was such a hard question to ask, but there was just such a naturalness, you know, between she and I. Mm-hmm. And it, w- it helped me come to terms and come to peace that when she passed a, because I had been working with the animals and I knew where they go after because they would show me.
0: Is it the Rainbow Bridge?
1: It is. It's a beautiful. It look. I had a a boyfriend who had a wolf dog, and he had disappeared um, because he used to travel like twenty five miles a night into the Colorado wilderness. He got hit by a car, and so he had showed me the whole process, and it was through him, and that happened after because of my grandmother's conversation. He showed me th- that there is a peacefulness. So I, I stopped being afraid. And when my ex-husband's grandfather was in the hospital, he had slipped and fallen and he was in a coma. And I remember sitting and meditating with him. This was after my grandmother had passed. And I swear it was, if you've ever seen the movie, What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams. No. It is such, it's, it's, it's tragic that? and it's exquisite. It's tragic because it goes through death and suicide and and numerous things, but it's also exquisite because it takes you through the journey of purgatory and into heaven. And I'll never forget that movie because it's so, you know, it shook me on so many levels. Cause it was like, Oh my God, that's the darkness. But then there was the light. And as I sat meditating, my, hu- my ex-husband's grandfather, who is my grandfather, tears of joy started pouring down my face and they were just spontaneous because he came to me even though he was laying there on the bed in front of me, he literally came to me and he said, do you want to know what it's like? I was like, what? And, and it was so exquisitely beautiful. And I was like, grandpa, why did you come to me? He said, first of all, you're the only one that's open. And second of all, you're the only one that's listening. And I was like, oh my God. So he took for me what was such a, challenging mental concept and he showed me the beauty of it and after that all the animals that you know were wanting to come to me to talk with me before they were passing it was such a exquisite shift because I know what it's like to lose an animal and it's devastating I mean when my dachshund died it felt like my nervous system was gone I didn't realize how quantumly entangled we were and how close we were yeah and so the animals started encouraging me to you know, talk with their people. And what's fascinating is that oftentimes when we hear a diagnosis or like we're kind of knowing it's starting to be that time, the biggest thing that clouds our ability to communicate or really hear our animals is our own upset. Because I remember when, when the wolf dog died, he said, you know, because the reality is, he goes, I'm fine because it's really hardest for the people we leave behind, not us.
0: Yeah.
1: And I just was like, oh, so in doing this work with people, it is, I have found it to be as, as my clients have found it to be so extraordinarily powerfully helpful. Like the dog yesterday, you know, it was like, she has lymphoma death sentence. She's not eating. She's going to die today or tomorrow. And the first thing that she said to me, the first thing Kaliki said to me was I'm not dying. And I was like, Whew. she goes, now you have to help change these people. <laughs> you have to help them. Get. She goes, I'm not going anywhere yet. Yeah. And so it's, it's that ability because I am not emotionally connected in the same way that my clients are connected with their animals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had animals that were supposed to die and then they lived like three years longer, you know, <laughs> it, it's just, it's astounding. So It's such a tender place for all of us. I mean, literally it's, it's the hardest place. And sometimes I hate to say this, but sometimes it's even harder when our animals are going than when other humans in our lives go. And yet, you know, it's because we are so deeply entangled at such a pure, unconditionally loving level. And our animals want us to recognize that that process is, it's not a bad process. It's actually exquisitely beautiful. Like, I got to be on the phone while Brio was crossing over and transitioning, you know, to have that communication ability, but to also have that like psychic, like seeing energies to watch him transition. It was so beyond exquisite. It was like watching a comet go through the sky. Wow. And it's when the humans are faced with a choice, you know, the humans will hear from the vet. Well, this is what's happening and they're suffering. So you really should make this choice. That's a really heavy choice to make, especially without having asked your animal first, because oftentimes the animal's perspective of it is not necessarily that they're suffering. And that's also, too, where when they showed me and they communicated with me about the body work. Yeah and how to help them. And then to listen to like, what does our body need? What nutrients can we give them? You know, sometimes animals will be so depleted of minerals. Yeah, that like, I'll do a body assessment. And they're like, but I'm not going anywhere. Get me the minerals. I'll be fine. And it's like, what?
0: yeah, there's a there's a woman, um, Gail Pope, and I can't remember the name of her animal sanctuary right now. But she had a hospice sanctuary. And you know, for me, it was um, I my very first dog that I had to let go on my own. I felt like I made a, a lot of mistakes with that. So I really didn't ever want to do that again. So I kind of changed a mindset and um, became more comfortable with the process of letting go. But I still felt like a lot of times that I actually had to do the letting go for them. And um, this person, Gail Pope was the first one who talked about the fact that they, they rarely used euthanasia, that they did kind of commune with the animals, they did use a communicator, and they would allow the animal to um, pass on their own that there wasn't as much suffering, I think, as we believe. So I, I do think that it would be beneficial to reach out to a good communicator when you it's in that time.
1: It's huge because think about the fact that like what I find the most with my clients and, and, and people that aren't even my clients that are going through this, there's the guilt that's like I had to make the decision. And when you're able to communicate with your animal about when they know it's time, even if you have to assist them. What you're assisting now is their choice. You know, this whole journey of animal communication, as well as my Qigong training and my fitness training, and like even all the things that I didn't didn't appreciate or go well in my life, like all of these things have been training me to remember, like remember myself through this exquisite energy field, that we're all connected. So it's like once we feel and know and experience this in our own beings. It's like not even a question, like, would we harm another? Would we not be able to hear the animal? Would we not be able to know from our gut instincts, you know, what to do? The only thing I do with my courses, I just help people remember who they really are.
0: Yeah, can you talk a little bit about what you offer?
1: Yeah, so I offer a couple of different um, pieces. One, I offer an online animal communication introductory course. So you get to study my work and my methods and how I teach um, because it's not necessarily communication that I teach. I really teach communion. Mm -hmm. And in that, you do communicate. And then we do two Zoom classes a month. So if you have any questions or need any kind of help, I offer that. And then I also have a body work session. So I kind of, the way that I've structured my work is body, mind, soul and leadership. So the animal communication is part of the mind of how we communicate and how our energy works. The body is, how can I teach you what I do at distances or even in person? How can I teach you to do that on an everyday basis or once a week with your animals? So don't ever really have to be surprised. I have so many clients that have said, "But I massage my animal all the time." Mm -hmm. Yeah, but massaging your animal and massaging a muscle will make them feel good. There's nothing. There's a benefit, but it's not the same thing as going through their whole spine and knowing where the tightnesses are that could be affecting nerves, that could be affecting blood flow, that could be affecting organs, that could be affecting health. Right. So I teach you in a really really simple way how to do this, and I highly encourage anyone working in rescue or anyone with, you know, animals with behavior or health issues, or even just from a preventative standpoint, you know, you can use this with the dogs, the cats, the horses, but it's simple. Your kids it's really thoroughly based in science. your kids, your kids. <laughs> I, I have my clients. They're like, can you work on my kid? They're out of alignment. Kids are often easier to work on than adults because they'll let go of things quicker. Like they'll feel the energy and then they just let it go. They don't even need to think about it.
0: Yeah. I do sometimes feel like being an adult is just really a, a, a journey of unlearning all the stuff. That it, got is. Here, right?
1: <laughs> it is. Well, because even like I said, like with all the stuff I know and I've studied, is that the stuff I use to work with when I work with the animal? No. Like I'm glad I have those reference points. Definitely. I'm glad that I have that. And there's a lot of energy work that's being taught. It's beautiful, but it doesn't have reference points. So that's, you know, um, that's why I'm just so happy the animals showed me the systems that they showed me. And then I have a uh, soul course, which is a live course. And quite honestly, It's kind of like cleaning up our own poop. (laughs) The soul course takes us into our own personal journey of like what's happening with a behavior issue or a health issue and what could potentially be being reflected that our animals are wanting us to know. You know, so it really it's not just a soul journey with who they are and what they are, but also why are they in our lives and what are they helping us learn. And then I also have a leadership course, which also too is a live course, where I teach from the perspective of the white wolf alpha females and I teach leadership from a very grounded, very practical perspective that the authentic alpha female leaders of the planet who've been around. Possibly for a lot longer than us, um, want to help us remember in alignment with getting us back into our bodies. Because a lot of our leadership, you know, whether we were experienced traumas in childhood, whether we came in with other life stuff, we're really letting all that go and following a beautiful code of conduct that they've you know, brought forth. That's helping us become not just vocal leaders, but really grounded female leaders that are willing to be fierce when we need to, to protect everything that's at stake. Yeah. And so, even though right. some people will say wolves are descended from dogs, others will say they're not, I can tell you from 20 years of working with the animals and 10 directly of working. Uh, with my wolf dog and having her train me in the inner body language dogs respond and children respond and spouses and bosses respond beautifully <laughs> to, to that work <laughs> but it, yeah like it teaches us how to really be okay with who we are because a lot of us have gotten fractured yeah. From our natural, authentic leadership. And it's not, you know, alpha is angry or aggressive. It was, it was my white wolf dog one day that said, I think you should look up the uh, correlation between what you teach people on the leash in terms of authentic body language and alpha brainwaves. And my jaw almost dropped to the floor because everything that she was saying that she was teaching me about how to be in my body when I looked up alpha brain waves and what the alpha state really is, mm-hmm. it's calm, it's clear, it's super creative, it's super grounded. It's like your Michael Jordan or your Tiger Woods or your Serena Williams. It's being so grounded in the body that you're able to see almost 360 degrees wow. and be really, really, really highly effective. But also no, like you have an aspect of fierce when a boundary is being crossed, you can lay down a healthy boundary and say, I'm sorry, you know, that will not work for me. (laughs) And like with your kids, like when you say no, or even with your animals, when it's like, and you hold that, they're like, oh shit, she's serious. Okay. (laughs) Right. And then the behaviors actually go away because she said, it's not aggressive. Like you're looking to fight. Right your ground. So others really realize through the emanation of the energy of your body, you're not budging so they can just let it go. Yeah. So it's actually like de-escalating violence to, to get into this authentic alpha state. But it's a, it's a beautiful feeling because I know for me, having grown up with a lot of trauma in many different areas and having to have this armor, I can never really fully be me. And it was through her beautiful teachings that really helped me understand how to take that armor off. And I can be me and I can be the softness of me and I can be the femininity of me, but I can also be really grounded and fierce when I need to be in terms of having to protect myself, but I don't have to wear the armor to do it.
0: Life is such an amazing journey, isn't it? And it's all about that expansion. And that's wonderful that you offer these classes that can because a lot of people don't you know a lot of people only think meditation and they really don't know where to go from there
1: but you have to take that meditation and you have to ground it in your body like you can sit on a meditation cushion all you want and i see this a lot of times with people that are doing different practices but it's like that then this i think was the thing for me just referring back to what you had asked about qigong Mm -hmm. Qigong is like a totally living practice. Like you don't like, you're not on the mat and you're one thing and then you're off. It's like you become the flow of who you really are. And that's the thing too, in terms of learning, using animal communication, all of these incredible awarenesses that the animals have brought forth. They're so intelligent. There's so much stuff for us to learn from them. Not just fix a behavior of going to the bathroom and that, but like the deeper nature, I think that we humans have forgotten we're animals too.
0: Yeah. We're remembering. We're
1: getting Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's, that's these teachings, right? That's the wisdom that I share is through this path of animal communication they've brought full circle to me of how to help us get back to our humaneness and our humanity and our empathy. And it's just, it's exquisite. Like, I'm just so deeply grateful. And I'm so deeply grateful that you're willing to invite me on your show.
0: I think it's I think I was so amazed. I was so grateful to Jen Grosso to for connecting us because I I hadn't, I didn't know that something like you offer even existed and the, the potential and the gift of it are amazing.
1: I use these classes as a way to help people remember their sacred truth.
0: Well, I think and- you have to have a place to start. I don't have 30 years to go on your journey. Exactly. Even if I walk the same exact path, I'm not going to come out with the same outcome to so to be able to kind of take your information and learn from you and then hopefully jumpstart that if that's exactly the path I'd like to take but so let me let me go back over so first off your website okay. is animalhealer.com right
1: and it's h-e-e-l-e-r okay so and if anyone would like information on the white wolf alpha female leadership work that I do that website is the white wolf So I look forward to hearing this and I look forward to, um, you know, teaching and watching all of these beautiful bubbles of biology engage.
0: Well, Alicia, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else that, um, you'd like to share with people that we maybe didn't cover before I let you go?
1: I think the biggest thing that I see with pet parents, it's like the fear that they're doing something wrong or, Potentially to the gut instinct, this is not making sense to me. I think it's this. So, my only goal really is to put the power back in your own hands and reconnect you with the truth of your gut instincts and your knowing. That is, again, never saying do not take your animal to the doctor, but just building a deeper bond with your animals from a gut level. So, not only do you learn to trust yourself more deeply. And you learn to see how that trusting you actually affects your relationship with them and their level of trust of you, but really to help you feel comfortable knowing it's okay to know what you know. Yeah. It's okay to know what you know and to trust yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, trusting yourself, because a lot of times you catch these things so much earlier than, than they make any sense.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: No problem. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you got as much as I did out of this episode. All of Alicia's information will be linked below. Please join me over on the YouTube channel for more information on how Emmy's doing with her adjustment. If you have liked this episode, please hit the like button. If you haven't already, please subscribe and stay happy. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of
1: Dog Happy. For more information and videos on today's topic, as well as more ways to keep your canine happy and healthy, be sure to visit us online at doghappy.com and follow us on Instagram at dog.happy. That's at dog.happy
0: with an I.